0: morning good afternoon everybody and welcome to the rebel news daily live stream i am your co-host sheila gunried and i'm also joined by uh, my fellow albertan adam Sos. he's in calgary adam how's it going how was your easter
1: oh it was wonderful how about yourself
0: i was busy kind of low-key though you know like busy because you know i'm the mom (laughs) and <laughs> so yeah. preparing for easter falls squarely on my skinny little <laughs> shoulders um but uh it was you know it was just sort of casual we had a fire in the backyard and everybody got together nice. really no different than anything we did during the entire pandemic because <laughs> we yeah. didn't stop gathering together just because the government told us not to how about you
1: you know, it was really good, actually. It was a Sunday evening. The church had a mass, and it was like normally there isn't a Sunday evening mass, so nobody knew about it. So it was like the quietest, low-key Easter mass I've ever been to. So that was pretty nice. I got with the family. Yeah, same old, taking it easy. Not much has changed yeah. for us people who kept on living free. So,
0: Yeah, I don't need permission from the government to live my life, that's for yeah. sure. Um, there were a lot of things that happened over the weekend, um, besides, you know, commemorating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, Justin Trudeau decided to commemorate the signing of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms by his father. We'll get to that in a second. We'll explain everybody what we're doing here. And then we'll get into the news of the day um, because Justin Trudeau, once again, fails to read the read the room like completely. Um, So this is the Rebel News daily live stream. Um, It's a great way for us to interact with each other because a lot of us work remotely. I'm east of Edmonton in an undisclosed location, although if you know me, you know exactly where I am and Adam's down in Calgary. Um, But it also gives us a chance to interact with our viewers um, and gives our viewers a chance to have their say, but also support the work that we do completely willingly. So if you are watching us on Getter, we're streaming there, we're streaming on YouTube for as long as we possibly can today, but in general. Um, So there are things on YouTube that we can't talk about. So we might have to cut the YouTube feed, because if we question the advice of a public health officer, that will make us run afoul of the big tech censors. If we say certain things about the conflict between Ukraine and Russia, that might also make us run afoul of YouTube censorship. So we we might have to cut the feed there, but we are streaming on other places as well. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, and Super U simultaneously. And on those platforms, as uh, Olivia has put up, you can have your say, have your message shown on screen if you leave a paid chat. And if it's a question, uh, I will do my best to answer it. Adam, likewise, um, if you've got a comment, a story idea, whatever, throw it in a paid chat on Rumble. It's called Rumble Rant. Odyssey is a hyper chat, and there's a couple different ways that you can do that. And on Super U, it's called the Super U Shout. And again, it's a great way for you to have your say, because unlike the CBC, um, we don't close our comment section. We do want to hear from you. Um, But again, support us out of the goodness of your heart and out of your own free will, unlike, again, the horrible State broadcaster CBC. that Justin Trudeau just reaches into your pocket, and takes your money, and says, "Here you go, CBC. Nobody's watching you. Here's a little more money." Um, so that's um, what we're doing here. Now I alluded to uh, Justin Trudeau uh, commemorating the birth of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms after he's had a hell of a two years just stomping all over him. Um, and I'm old enough to remember. Oh, I don't know, six, six. Uh horses stomped on a little old lady. Did I freeze up?
1: A little bit. Though. I think
0: I froze up. Yeah, I'm frozen. Whatever. We um, can hear you. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's great. Oh, I've come on frozen. Okay, great. So this is Justin cheneau With the few strokes of a pen forty years ago today, Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms was adopted, built around our shared values of equality, justice, and freedom. Okay. It protects the rights and freedoms Mm -hmm. that define who we are as Canadians and bring us closer as a country. And um, he's got a couple of tweets in this thread. It continues to do that to this very day. And as we work to build a fairer country and a better future for everyone, it's up to each and every one of us to uphold our collective responsibility to the words enshrined in the Charter. This is a guy who, 40 years later, with the stroke of a pen... Seized yeah. bank accounts um, and all of a sudden treated critics of his government's actions as though they were enemies of the state, like ISIS terrorists. He treated them literally under the law like you would treat a terror cell, attacking the financing, attacking the organization. People were held in jail for weeks. They're not allowed to attend other peaceful protests, by the way. This was entirely yeah. peaceful. This guy now has the audacity to say that we have a collective responsibility to uphold the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Horses trampled yeah. little ladies. Journalists were shot with pepper spray. And yet yeah. he's canisters. Saying, you know, like, yeah. oh, it canisters. It brings us closer as a country. Yeah, it did. I think it united us against the tyranny of Justin Trudeau. I've been to these... <laughs> Um, conservative leadership events, and I think they are a direct result of Being unified against Justin Trudeau. There are a ton of people when you go to these things where they're like, Sheila, I was an NDP voter. Don't hate me for it. I'm like, look, I believe in redemption. Good to see you. Or I voted for Justin Trudeau. But I saw what he did to the truckers. And there has to be a better way. You're seeing that all over the place. I think that's why Pierre Polyev's crowds are enormous. That's why I think there's so much enthusiasm around Leslie Lewis. You have to remember. This is a boring old leadership campaign where only the people who are allowed – the only people allowed to vote are people who are members of the party. And you are seeing crowds larger than what you would normally see during an election campaign, like two and three times Hmm. larger than what you would see during an election campaign. And that energy is not so much – enthusiasm for, I don't know, Pierre Pauli of Less Lewis, but enthusiasm to get rid of Justin Trudeau. And it has a lot to do with his disregard of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms.
1: You know, it, it's shocking the, the sort of level of cognitive dissonance, first of all, just <laughs> Justin Trudeau, generally ja- Jagmeet Singh is literally tweeting the conservatives and the liberals together have ramped up. He just made an alliance with the liberals and is running into de facto sort of uh dictatorship over Canadians. Basically he knows that no one's supporting Justin Trudeau anymore, but he wants to get some of his policies in. So he's willing to make a deal with the devil, even though he's wildly unpopular to get a few things in while tweeting how terrible it is. But I, the, the degree, of, and some people believed it. Some people actually followed it. Most didn't. Lots showed up at NDP offices to protest. But I, I want to juxtapose where we we haven't been cheerleaders for Jason Kenney with some of the stuff that he's been happening here. No. But there is a clear, there's a clear juxtaposition here between someone who at least has some of their cognitive faculties in place and has a base who holds him accountable in Jason Kenney and Justin Trudeau. Jason Kenney's not going to go around campaigning as a champion of freedom because he knows he hasn't been period. He's saying, look how good I did on the economy. Look at these contracts. Look at these other things. We've done some stuff to fix AHS. Look at all this other good stuff I've done. He's like, we had to do some of this bad stuff. I don't agree with him that he had to do some of that bad stuff at all, but he's not campaigning on that. He has the the common sense to be like, I'm not popular on this issue, but hopefully people appreciate (laughs) some of the other good stuff I've done. We've talked to lots of people who are like, Jason Kenney's probably the right guy for the job on 90% of issues, but he's flopped on freedom and that's most important to me. That's why I can't support him. But Justin Trudeau, who makes Jason Kenney look like a freedom crusader, Justin Trudeau, who has been the number one militant advocate for running over old ladies with horses um, and clamping down and freezing bank accounts and doing all of this and furthermore generating this type of political oppression, he's inspiring people like Mayor Jyoti Gondek to do the things they're doing. It goes from the head down the fish struts from the head down, so to speak, as we've said before, but he actually, after all that knows that the people still supporting him and still donating to him, won't dare question him out when he is flat out trampling on this charter his father was probably the last most dictatorial type prime minister we had. He invoked martial law at a questionable time, but at the very least, there was a terrorist incident going on. Um, At the very least, with the Fonds de Liberation du Québec, there was some sort of justification for what was happening. Now, most people would see overreach. There's a whole bunch of other stuff in the legacy of pierre Trudeau that's problematic, but he looks like a lightweight compared to dictator Justin Trudeau. He has gone so overboard. And the sort of level, like I said, of cognitive dissonance among his support the entire but, oh, hang world on is here located- for a second
0: you're meeting the you're meeting the queen you can't brush your hair give me a like yeah. you know <laughs> anyway
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah it's look at her face she's like this is ridiculous these people this colony will not survive (laughs) (laughs) um but it just the 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 level people on social media being like oh well you you shouldn't it's not that bad it's not like we're in china it's not like we're in venezuela it's not like we're in poland pre-war you know what it's not but the people who were there are saying be careful because this is how it starts and you're not listening to them
0: there are Over 5 million Canadians right now who cannot exercise their mobility rights under that Charter Mm -hmm. of Rights and Freedoms. They can't get on a plane. They can't get on a train. They can't visit their family for Easter. Because yeah. we are also the le- one of the least densely populated, if not the least densely populated country on the face of the earth, and the world's second largest. Air travel yeah. and train travel is essential to get around inside of our own country. And over 5 million of us cannot yeah. get on a plane, or they are conscientious objectors to the uh, segregation system, so they refuse mm-hmm. to. And this guy's prattling on about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. He's also... Yeah going to regulate the internet and control who isn't isn't a journalist, by the way. We've got to sue him in court for fair treatment under the tax law because he's decided that we aren't qualified journalists and only 1% of the work we do is journalism. We were live streaming day and night from the trucker's convoy. What we do is journalism. I'm working on access to information, which is paper trail journalism, but it's not journalism that props up this authoritarian here so then we're not journalists which is ridiculous and by the way where's the overwhelming outrage from the other journalists in this country
1: yeah yeah you know (laughs) and the the absolutely astonishing thing with this is and i had no idea before i worked for rebel how bad mainstream media is it is worse than you could possibly imagine <laughs> yeah, like bad. they they show up for example we covered two less than lewis events they showed up for about four minutes and they got a clip where dr less lewis was kind of like uh backpedaling not really but a statement she made relating to COVID saying no. Cause someone basically recharacterized what she had said and she clarified and they filmed her in the one point where she wasn't giving sort of epic Churchillian speech. Um, they got her backpedaling and they filmed that they got one shot of the crowd and left. That was the one shot they got. They didn't attend the other event. They didn't attend that. Um, they, they show up for three minutes. They clear out. We've seen it. There was massive Cuban uh, protests uh, against the yeah. regime in Cuba, against the Castro and Diaz regime, a uh, canal regime rather. Um, and, they, they literally were categorically it was anti-communist mainstream media showed up first of all they only showed up for the first few minutes they got a shot of about 10 or 12 people there before the protest yeah. started a couple hundred people showed up apparently vaccines
0: yeah Doesn't
1: and they said that they're protesting vaccine for vaccine access it's insane yeah. like these people do not do news we're there for 10 hours when they're they're there for yeah. five minutes we're doing real boots on the ground journalism and the the thing that's most sickening about this is the their categorical failure to report the facts accurately we don't pretend that we're not biased and we don't bring a sort of a perspective to this we're very upfront sheila and i are about our faiths about our backgrounds about our beliefs we're transparent about that but when we do news we do news we don't twist the facts we may cast our own light on them but we don't twist the facts we present them as they are these other outlets simply aren't doing that so i'll I'll talk to friends i made i made a friend online recently he's actually an iranian uh refugee he's a phd candidate super guy and i'm telling him about what's happening in canada and he can't believe it i talked to even some of my own friends who are like well why are these people still protesting and i'm like like a, a significant percentage of canadians can't travel can't visit people can't go see dying relatives can't be there for a, a funeral because the government says we're not allowed to fly we can pack into costcos and movie theaters now but arbitrarily we're not allowed to fly with screening measures in place it's absolutely nonsensical and once people start to realize this and the job of the media is not to pepper things or indoctrinate the facts the job of the media is to show the facts and then comment on them that's perfectly acceptable that's what we do these other outlets aren't showing the facts they literally say well why are people protesting the restrictions aren't over are over they aren't they aren't over because we're not entirely free categorically and and it's so sad that 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 is not out there like the news simply isn't saying, well, the reason these people are still protesting is because people can't travel. Tens of thousands of people lost their job, never received severance, so on and so forth. The, the the human toll, and we've we've sort of hugged these people, told their stories, been there with them when they're weeping. After 30 years of service with WestJet, having a medical condition, almost dying from the first vaccine, their doctor telling them you're gonna have a heart attack and die if you get a second vaccine. These are people who weren't activists, weren't anti-vaxxers, they had an adverse reaction, they were shown the road fired no severance their lives are in shambles and there's no consequences whatsoever for companies like WestJet that is an extension of the mandate until every one of those issues is resolved the mandates simply are not over
0: yeah go- going back to your point about the mainstream media I was at a Pierre poly of event uh we should have the story up later on today on Thursday at River Cree on Enoch First Nation they have a resort casino there the venue was so packed they could not allow any more people into the casino let alone the room where they were holding the event 4000 people the the room held i think 2500 plus another 1500 in overflow packed to the rafters they couldn't let anybody else up the stairs because they were worried about like capacity in a little like rafter area and the mainstream media was there maybe 25 minutes uh, they missed yeah. most of the speech, but I think it was as soon as Chief Billy Morin of Enoch First Nation came out and said, you know, we should no longer be ashamed to be conservative. He called the conservatives his family. He's open, upfront, pro-business conservative who endorsed his friend, his words, Pierre Polyev. That was when the media is like, oh. <laughs> we got to get out of here um, because the liberals are the white saviors of Indigenous people. Whereas, you know, it sounds like the Indigenous people just want the government out of their way, as uh, Chief Billy calls the gatekeepers of Ottawa, get them out of our way. And it's conservative policies that will allow them to do that. As soon as that started happening, you could see them tearing down their equipment because this didn't fit the narrative and they were gone. Yeah. And as long, I know the mainstream media hates us. But as long as they continue to be terrible, there will always be work for people like me and Adam and Rebel News and True North and Western Standard. As long as the mainstream media continues to enforce the government narrative, there's going to be plenty of work for alternative conservative media to tell the other side of the story.
1: And you know what? I, I think the thing is though, we can see mainstream media, the, the heads, the people who organize it, they may not like us. I honestly think that the journalists to an extent revere us particularly old school journalists jealous I think, they're jealous. Who, who, I think
0: yeah, they're jealous they are because they're like Look they've how been free they are they get to talk about what exactly. they what they know and what they're passionate about yeah
1: we we walk in and they're asked like i i've been at this a year and change um pe- people will come up and say so like what's it like and how do you do this and how do you manage to cover that and like what's your oversight i'm like hey sheila people are, are interested in this i'm going to go do it and you say yes um and then you make sure i don't say anything crazy which i'm usually pretty good about um we, we're doing active journalism finding stories it's not here's a thing to say go stand here everyone's going to wear the same suit and regurgitate the exact same line um boring. it's wild though one of the wildest things i didn't see this myself, but I had several people tell me, I can't remember which outlet it is, so I won't say, but one outlet for the Calgary pear poly ever event said hundreds turned up. <laughs> the most conservative estimate for the Calgary event is five to 6,000. The highest estimates are 8,000. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that was capacity inside. I didn't know if there's people outside cooling there, but to say hundreds, we see this at the Calgary protest as well, which we can segue into organically here. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see them when there are seven thousand people come out. Say hundreds when there's five hundred, they say about a hundred. I'm like, listen, I, I and don't get me wrong, people at the protests. I've heard people at the protests say, oh, there's there's 20,000 20, people there. No, there was there was seven. If someone were to convince me ten, sure, there wasn't twenty thousand people. Sorry to burst your bubble, but then the media says like a thousand. Like no, no, there was seven thousand or hundreds when there's thousands. It's unbelievable, yep. and it's just irresponsible reporting. And I know sometimes they're going based on the police estimates, but the police will say if there's a thousand, they'll say six, seven hundred. They don't go so ridiculous, but
0: yeah, you can see right the size is, of this uh, crap. This I think is in at River Cree because it has, no, this is Calgary. Was it that looked like? River yeah, that was Calgary for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was up there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, look at yeah, me! There you are. Yeah. Yeah. Packed house, though. Equiplex, the massive facility there and packed to the brim. um, Everyone is saying they've never seen a political event like this. Um, Justin Trudeau probably couldn't get a crowd like this. And it's wild to see. To your point to your point earlier, though, I do think, though, for the first time in a long time, it isn't just, well, who's going to be against Justin Trudeau? Let's settle on somebody. I actually think that there is active excitement over some of these campaigns. We saw Pierre, uh, Leslie Lewis, for example, Dr. Leslie Lewis, come, come in on the second ba- ballot. She got the popular vote. She dominated the Western provinces. Pierre Polyevre uh, from Calgary, you gave a speech about which bus he would take to get to which school and all that kind of stuff. Um, that People are actively excited and attending. And, and And I think that there is an element of It's no longer actually just about defeating Justin Trudeau. It's about people. Justin Trudeau has created this atmosphere and it's sad that it went away post Harper. We had the conservatives who are trying not to lose instead of conservatives being like, no, I have the best ideas. Get out of my way. I'm going to fix this country. Um, We're back to that. Conservatives who are like, no, your ideas are bad. Our ideas are best for everyone. And we're going to enact them. You did it your horrible
0: way for two years and you ruined everybody's lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there is some active excitement for the political, uh, conversation federally, at least I think provincially, we still have some of that. Well, no one's really excited about Ken- Kenny, but nobody knows w- who could possibly step in, but federally, at least there is some excitement, some anticipation, um, very much though. So, I-, I do think that lots of these federal candidates, uh, Pierre and Dr. Lesnar Lewis were pretty upfront about criticizing uh, the attacks on freedom. Lots of other people seem to be jumping on the bandwagon now that it's popular who said nothing this whole time. So something to watch closely. But yeah, Justin Trudeau is in no position to be celebrating the 40th anniversary. Um, I'm sure his father is uh, rolling over or whatever um, situation he's in, but he's, he's not pleased with him, which says, uh, which says a lot. Uh,
0: yeah, you mentioned Calgary. So let's move into... Yeah. What's happening in Calgary still the honking band yeah. continues. I was in Calgary last night. I saw the signs up um, yeah. that apparently it's still white supremacy and terrorism mm-hmm. to be honking your horn in downtown Calgary. Um, they didn't hand out any fines over the weekend, but they are, they're hunting honkers. Are they not?
1: Yeah. So it was the same thing. I think honestly, because we were there filming, catching yep. them, handing out tickets and it's not great optics. They're like we're not going to hand out tickets anymore in person. Um, So we're seeing the same. It's the same guy last weekend and this weekend standing at that exact same spot. Um, They're either taking pictures or writing. They seem to change every week. When we report what they're doing the next week, they'll do something slightly different. Um, But they are documenting them. Likely mailing tickets out after the fact or warnings or whatever it may be. Um, We'll see. Given how wild this government is and how how militant G O T is, it's not impossible that they go after one of these people with this court injunction and make try to make an example of someone else because they've said repeatedly that if people are honking, they can actually enforce an injunction against them as a Sort of criminal contempt proceeding for honking, but that they're graciously only handing out tickets instead. So hopefully they don't have the, uh, the audacity to do that. But, uh, I mean, even, even mailing out tickets is ridiculous, but you know, the, this whole thing, it is so wildly like unnecessary. Jyoti Gondek needs to go. She's absolutely like stark raving mad. And she with just got this- there. <laughs> yeah. And their popularity is plummeting. She's basically, and I wasn't in favor of the arena deal. I don't think we should be spending that much money. Then again, when you're at the saddle dome, it is kind of ratchet, but you know, whatever. Um, I I'd rather have cheaper tickets than a brand new facility. Um, I wasn't in sure. favor of that, but they spent millions of dollars getting that deal done. And then they've now blown it up and scrapped it. And then they're now working on re-striking the committee and they're going to get a worse deal. It's like the jets. They, they, they could have gotten for $2 billion less. Uh, yeah. They scrapped it, bought these terrible jets. And then seven years later, whatever it is, they're like, you know what? We're just going to spend $2 billion more on the F-35s. Um, that's the type of governing she's doing. It's just all she, she's in a, she's in a, and I mean, it, it's, it's all these counselors, they get in a mood about something and they don't care what the cost is. They're going to make an example. Um, and th- that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This entire injunction was wholly unnecessary. They 100, I mean, I can't speak for the organizers. We just cover these reports. But if they went to the organizers and said, listen, the the people in this community are really upset. This is a ton of police resources. Are you open to like every two weeks marching instead of every week? Um, Are you open to different routes? They probably would have compromised because guess what? They've been willing to go to this part, go to this part. We're going to walk on this route. We're going to walk on that route. There was a million things they could have done without stifling and trampling free speech and freedom of expression and right to protest. But Jyoti Contek wanted to do those things. They intentionally set out to target and stifle this. And we saw it with the arbitrary enforcement, the the, the wrongful arrest and release of Pastor Derek Reimer. Um, this is clearly just politically motivated and it's so bureaucratic and so inept that they keep screwing up. The cops don't know what the injunction rules are. We saw the arrest and we can jump to this clip. Uh, Devlin Gannon, uh, they were citing part of the injunction that's not even in the injunction during the arrest. Same thing, Pastor Derek Reimer. They thought he broke the injunction. Turned out he didn't. But but uh, let's go to this clip. Devlin Gannon um, was uh, arrested. He was simply talking to police. He was shoved effectively, hauled. They, they arrested him so aggressively. They actually ripped. He, he wasn't a shirtless guy to protest. They yanked him so hard. They ripped his shirt and sweater off in one go. Um, and then one of the cops who was yanking him tripped over a 12 year old kid and fell. And he's now saying that Devlin threw him or aggravated, assaulted him. So they're charging him with that. But the footage is right there. They haven't, to the best of my knowledge, we'll touch base with get Devlin, but they haven't retracted those assault charges, even though the cop just tripped and they're saying he threw him. But so he's banned from attending these protests. An independent journalist who was just there covering the thing he's banned. So he attended in an extremely interesting fashion, um, because he can't come in person. So Mocha and uh, Celine were on location this weekend. um, And he he showed up uh, digitally. So if we can pull that uh, clip up, it was pretty funny. So just
0: behind us, we have Devlin Gannon, who is an independent journalist and was arrested a few weeks ago at one of the <laughs> Calgary protests. Well, March 18th, an injunction came out and then
1: I, I Devlin spent the whole night studying the injunction. And, yeah, that's good. Just the know, shot of was that exactly uh, was going the, on, the wagon and the cart the the there.
0: Happened, and everything was fine, we can and cut the video. Days, that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. So they, they had him on a cart with a TV and he, he always wears the same sweater, the one they ripped off of him. So they rolled him up to this protest. it become ungovernable. Um, but this is the type of, of nonsense you're seeing here. Um, don't get me wrong. So I, I, I understand like there there was a couple incidents where um, some of the counter protesters became violent and the cops had to intercede and use some force. I completely understand that. But you can go watch my interview with Devlin. It's in that tweet. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find it there. And and it's it's wild to see what's happening completely unnecessary. There was a million peaceful solutions, but um these people wanted to make an example. Um, yeah, that's so great there. That's these people so wanted to funny.
0: make <laughs> it the microphone. It <laughs> that's amazing. So good. That's so good. Yeah,
1: cool. yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, still, still heading out. Good for him, but uh, yeah, completely unnecessary. People continue to protest. Um, it seems like the bulk of the enforcement, them keeping them away from anywhere that's over. They're kind of being allowed to protest in city hall. They then go for a traffic law compliant walk through town. And it's, it's, they basically just moved from the Beltline to Stephen Avenue, which is a pedestrian walkway. So I guess somehow that's better. Um, but again, sad to see this sort of ideological enforcement and uh, targeting by these politicians. No doubt taking example from the guy who's just celebrating the signing of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, Justin Trudeau. So
0: yeah. before we move on to um, other free speech issues, as in maybe Elon Musk is going to take back the town's Digital Town Square uh, through uh, a biode of Twitter. But uh, before we do, I just see a note from our uh, store channel in Slack um, that says that we have new merch up in the Rebel News store. And it is great because it is for the Rebel News mom. love, Like the mom in your life who loves Rebel News. Hmm or she is one of those ungovernable moms. And maybe she believes in traditional gender rules, which is apparently an act of rebellion. Maybe she's still married to your dad. That's also an act of rebellion. Maybe she stays at home to raise her kids. Also an act of rebellion. Maybe when um, little Johnny comes home from school and says, I'm not sure if I want to be a Girl, or maybe a fire engine today. She's like, Johnny, you can play make believe, but you're definitely still always my Johnny, my little boy. Also, big time active rebellion these days. So if you go to yep. rebelnewsstore.com, you'll find a bunch of new merch. But it's not just for the rebel mom in your life. We've got Rebel Mom stuff, which I think is great. And the ladies' fit shirts. So if you are a lady who wears a ladies' fit, I'm definitely not that lady. But if you are, um, there's stuff there for you. We've got baby stuff. My mom is a rebel. Mm-hmm. We've got rebel mom hats, hoodies. That hoodie's really nice. Um
1: that is. but
0: there are other stuff like rebel Ooh. grandma. Nice. So yes. <laughs> I know my mother-in-law is definitely a rebel grandma. Um, So anyways, if you go to rebelnewstore.com, you can get a couple of things there. Maybe you want to get something for your wife and your baby or your wife and your mom or wife and mother-in-law. You can use the coupon code MOM25 and it'll give you 25% off the second item in the store. Mm -hmm. And there's free global shipping there. But I would suggest that if you are going to order for Mother's Day, Uh, just because we're dealing with shipping and all that good stuff that you sort of order before the end of the month to get it to your family um, in time for Mother's Day. But yeah, we put a bunch of new stuff in there and I'm really excited about it because it just, it's like, you might not know it's from the Rebel News store, but it's like a wink to the other moms out there, like, hey, I'm like you too.
1: And here's an idea. Go to the Rebel News store for that that ultra-liberal (laughs) mother-in-law and get something that doesn't say rebel on it, but you'll always know. Uh, Get something nice from the store for, but in all seriousness, we're about a month out from mother's day here. Um, Don't go to the grocery store last minute and get some kind of meh flowers. You can get some flowers too, but get, get something that means something. Uh, Rebel going to the rebel news store. um, If, if you're, if your grandma, if your mom, if whoever it is, is a rebel news supporter, it supports us in two ways. One, it's great to have moms out there representing rebel news saying that they're part of this. It may even generate a conversation with some other moms who maybe aren't happy with mainstream media, stream media, and they want to, uh, to have some different sources of information, start those conversations, but those purchases that you make there also help us do independent journalism. Unlike stealing money through your taxes, which the government does proficiently. Um, you actually get a cool shirt out of it and you're also supporting our independent journalism. So that's really great too. So yeah, definitely go to rebelnewsstore.com. get those orders in now. And the code is mom 25 for buy one, get one 25% off, get a shirt for mom, get a shirt for grandma, save some money and support you. <laughs> get one for you yeah i'm gonna go get some yeah that's awesome there's some good stuff there so yeah, yeah rebelnewstar.com
0: i'm really excited yeah. to see the rebel mom stuff um yeah I- i'm sure we'll see a ton of those out at the protests because there oh, are yeah. a lot yeah. of ladies out there who and you know it's funny because It really is the moms who are leading the charge against, um, you know, the gender ideology and CRT and all those creeping pervasive things that are coming into their children's lives and seeing their children robbed of opportunities because mediocre men want to all of a sudden play girls sports. Um, it's the moms who are leading the charge there, always. as they always and have, I guess. Yep. It's
1: ama- it's amazing politicians haven't learned this. As soon as you, you uh, aggravate the moms, I was going to say another word, but uh, as soon as you get the moms involved, <laughs> it's over. Um, the McGinty yeah. government learned that. The amount of governments that have learned that, like once the mom, once you mess with, once you wake up, Mama Bear, ultimately you are in a world of trouble. So, uh yeah, get the County, Mama Bear in your life. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Loudoun County was yeah, the so, moms and the one dad, yeah. but I mean. It's when yeah. you when you start meddling with kids. That's when uh, all of a sudden, apolitical moms are a political juggernaut. Um, yeah. We should move on to uh, on the. I'm frozen again. The social hellscape little, of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's again. talk. Let's talk I,
1: Twitter I, hellscape.
0: You You take it away because I'm frozen and yeah. it's ironic because i rely on starlink for my internet connection
1: thanks elon geez louise we, here we are singing your praise and yeah so this is such an interesting situation because uh, obviously the board from twitter all of whom make i think two three hundred thousand dollars basically a year for this part-time job that they do i'm um, doing little um ultimately um they have With brought no on invested
0: uh, interest in the company by the way most yeah. of them own yeah. zero shares don't even tweet yeah. But okay, yeah, anyway. Story didn't Go ahead.
1: Wild. So, and I think it's Goldman Sachs they brought on. So, Goldman Sachs very recently valued shares at $30. Um, Elon Musk is offering $54.20 um, to go private. This is basically like a uh jackpot for shareholders. Um, so they basically voted against it, they're trying to poison pill it, which basically allows board members to buy out a bunch of the stocks, they create more stocks, they make it uh, untenable. Um, But basically what Elon Musk Musk is intending to do here is have it go straight to the shareholders, have them have the capacity to vote. He's also said that if he's successful in that, he'll immediately fire the board and he will take no salary saving Twitter $3 million a year. Um, So a very interesting circumstance here. But and Ezra's talked about this, you've talked about this, it's so apparent and so glaring that what they're not willing to let go of is because from a business perspective, A $30 share, you're being offered $54. You're not going to double that kind of growth in years. It's just from a business perspective, it's yeah. Um, What this is about is control. They're like, we want to be able to control the message out there. We don't want a diversity of opinions. We don't want an open square. We want Tiananmen Square. And we don't care if it's billions of dollars. That's not what we're interested in. We're interested in controlling this. Um, They are showing their cards. And that's one thing, whatever you may think of Elon Musk, he's definitely good at forcing people with all that money of his to show his cards Um, also one of the few people who's made a ton of money and then does some interesting things with it instead of sitting on it. Um, so uh very interesting to see what's gonna what's gonna shake out with this. Um, I know recently he was interviewed and I think it was a TED talk. Um, and he basically said, even with the poison pill plan, he's got alternatives. I think he's already talking about the intention. Yeah, yeah. So the intention with the poison pill plan B speaking of the poison pill, um, but the intention with that is to make it untenable for him to be able to afford it. But I imagine, and this is just me sort of spitballing, but I imagine he's already talking with additional investors who would, um, in the interest of free speech, uh, be willing to outbid their poison pill strategy by bringing some other people in to the private ownership. But it remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But it's, it's such an evident, um, sort of ideological, bid here to protect their platform, their soapbox, their capacity to restrict uh, the ideas that are out there. And we're talking about billions and billions of dollars that they're willing to not make to protect this platform for themselves and their ideas.
0: Well, and that's the thing about Twitter is, uh, you know, like a lot of people say, who who cares about Twitter? We shouldn't care about Twitter. But Twitter is where yeah. headlines are made and broken. It's where the journalists yeah. meet. Um, and that's why I guess they're so censorious over there is because we don't want to have journalists have their feelings hurt when the public says to them you got this story wrong you're awful um that's why there's so many rules about harm on twitter it's because the public can actually speak directly to a journalist there and tell them exactly what they think of how bad they got the story um and so that's one of the reasons why they're so like the board is so uptight about twitter is it plays such an important role, even though it's a dying platform because normal people are getting off of it, but it, like any cult, and uh, unfortunately I'm part of it, I guess, but the normal people leave, but the true believers stay behind. The more radical they stay behind and they continue to reinforce their own opinions. And I'm sort of in there still grinding against all of it. But as the normals leave, this becomes, the, the power continues to be concentrated in this space where all the decisions about what stories are going to be aired and what narrative is going to play out, that's where it's happening, unfortunately, is on yeah. Twitter. And so that's why they don't want to release the stranglehold on it um, and allow more diverse uh, viewpoint um, happening there. And former Twitter CEO, who continues to look like some sort of cult leader, uh, <laughs> speaking of cult leaders, Jack Dorsey, yeah. He came out against all of this. He's slamming the company that he once ran. The board of directors in a tweet over the weekend which causes entrepreneur Elon Musk, the world's richest man, offered $43 billion to buy the company. Dorsey was responding to the following tweet when he made his remark. If look into the history of the Twitter board, it's intriguing as I was a witness on its early, early beginnings mired in plots and coups and particularly amongst Twitter's founding members. I wish if... It could be made a Hollywood thriller one day. Um, okay, but thanks for nothing. Why are you saying this now? When you don't, no. uh, you can't fix it. You oversaw this uh, no. sinister cabal of censorious weirdos. You didn't do anything about mm. it when you had the power to do it. And so now you're safely outside of it and rich. And now you get, now you're a critic of it? Give me a break. Yeah, thanks for showing up, Jack.
1: I think he, I think he is on the board still because someone asked about that and he said, I technically can't even be saying this. I don't care anymore.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. One
1: thing that we, one one positive we can take from this though, is look at all these politicians now jumping the bandwagon towards freedom. It it inspires some hope that freedom might be on the horizon. Jack is, is smells the blood in the water and he's trying to get back on the ship and Elon's currently uh, running the SpaceX ship. (laughs) Um, So I think at the very least we can take from this Dorcia think is probably self-serving in this sentiment. Maybe not. Maybe he's thinking he might have something to do with Elon when it it gets going again. Um, But I think at the very least, we can hopefully take something from this. But I do want to talk about this sort of... And if we can pull up, I think, was it MSNBC where the panel was sitting around talking, saying it's their job? If we can pull up that clip, if not, we can talk about it. But we saw this ridiculous juxtaposition of the Wall Street Journal articles um, about when uh, Bezos, I think, bought Wall Street Journal, right? Um, and they were saying that it's like, a, oh, it's like a brave new era and all this positivity and it's a open up to new channels and da 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 And then Elon Musk goes to buy Twitter and it's like, oh, like a, a, a an attack on freedom and a descent into darkness. Yeah. It's this, You're taking the richest people in the world and they're buying communications outlets, news outlets, whatever it may be. And depending on whether he owns your outlet or not, it's it's good news or it's bad news. It's pretty shocking. But there is this clip from MSNBC where they're sitting around saying how Trump... Yeah, got it, Kay. Let's let's run that. And uh, Tesla CEO Elon uh, uh, Musk, who has made a $43 billion offer for Twitter to, quote, build an arena for free speech. Musk has accused Twitter of censoring its users. Are you concerned that what Musk is trying to do is to open up the platform for more misinformation about topics such as COVID-19 and the 2020 election, and perhaps even allow former President Trump to get his account
0: back? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Elon Musk is a danger to Twitter and to freedom of speech. He has been known to say some of the most transphobic and homophobic things to his millions of followers. So creating an arena for hate, to me, that's what that sounds like. You can An cut it there. There, there was another. have no concept the, There's another one. I'll, yeah. I found it. It was, uh, okay. I think it, Twitchy had it. Um, and basically she says, it's our job to control exactly what people think.
1: Yeah, um, they're basically saying Elon Musk is trying to control what people think, and that's our job as the mainstream media. It's absolutely wild, and that's one thing that I find so interesting. Is what I think you're sending that over, probably. Uh, Elon yeah. Musk, he he's such a juxtaposition because he's kind of out there. Um, he he's he's a he's a capitalist, but his, his companies are very often considered green and very popular among liberals. Um, he's, he's progressive in many policies, but then he's also a very big advocate for freedom of speech. So he's an interesting sort of conversation generator because he doesn't fit into any of these boxes for people. People love his products, but hate him or love him, but hate his products. Um, and it's interesting because lots of the people who don't like his ideologies, like his products and lots of people who might be in support of his position on free speech probably don't really care for Tesla and think it's silly. I'm Um,
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm in the second silo there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So it's, and I find that so absolutely interesting, but yeah, he, they're saying, Oh, he's trying to control free speech. That's our job. We're the ones who are supposed to give you the ideas. And you can see her as she's saying that in that clip, sort of, do we have that now?
0: I sent it over living. Oh, okay. Perfect. Here,
1: here we go. This is it. This is it. Who were Trump voters and are still Trump supporters, they go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that yeah. is the that is if our you, job. Yeah. If you look at the issues, uh, <laughs> she right. just He's slides it exactly right in what there. He hey? said, "It's yeah, and that, that is our, is our job." Time. And afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards she's like, should I? Yeah, no, it's probably fine. That is our job. That that's not actually (laughs) our job. Our job is to be like, here's some facts. Here's what we think about it. What do you think about it? Um, And that's, that's exactly the crux of it. That reveals everything. Twitter It should have been a platform where people can present their ideas. This is what YouTube used to be as well. Um, Everyone can present their ideas. And as long as they don't violate sort of hate crime laws, um, people can weigh in on them and they get downvoted and hated if they're bad and uh, upvoted and retweeted and all that, if they're good. And it's very much the public platform for exchange of ideas. It is the public square, except online, because that's where we're moving. Um, and 100% there are certain limitations like inciting violence inciting hatred all those types of things but that's not what they're talking about what they want to do is is groupthink they want to control your thoughts entirely. And they view this stranglehold of Twitter as one of the sort of staples of their control on your thoughts. And when you see people out there to go back to our conversations from so far this morning, saying, Well, the, the media tells me the mandates are over. The media tells me only a couple hundred people showed up. The media tells me that Justin Trudeau is a defender of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The media yep. tells me this, that, and the other thing. But the majority of things from people who just consume mainstream media that they hold to be true is rather evidently and evidenced as not true when you look at the world objectively when you go out and cover these things for yourself it's the sentiment that we've heard time and time again from people at these protests is they're like i'm vaccinated and i'm for vaccination personally but i don't think other people should be or whatever it may be they're saying come out to these things for yourself Talk to people, don't believe the one clip of the one more extreme guy at a rally that the news hand selected yeah. to feed their narrative. Come out and check out the facts for yourself. Come out to a rally for yourself. Go down to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in- endorsing this for the, for the police, but go down and talk to the people at Kootz or Milk River. Get the opinions yeah. first hand, or go or watch a media outlet that puts cameras on them and lets them speak for themselves. Um, don't Don't just inhale everything that is being pumped out by a homogenous unified media that's all saying the same thing at the same time in coordination uh inorganically
0: yeah it's all very boring and gray um speaking of lockdowns continuing um there's no greater example of this than what's about to happen this week in court uh our friends at church in the vine in edmonton pastors yeah. tracy and rodney fortin they are facing i think collectively between tracy and the church, six counts, I think three. it's three and three maybe, of obstruction of a public health officer, they face up to a half a million dollars in fines. And their crime, their crime is not... Now, they've never had an outbreak in the church, so they were no danger to public health. Time has shown that to be true. Their crime was not allowing a public health officer into the church, or a public health inspector, I should say, into the church during services to inspect for covid compliance so they said come before come after but you're not coming to interrupt the sanctity of our worship services they are facing in excess of a million like but you know it could be around half a million dollars in fines for tracy but also for the church um and so for people who say oh we're free the lockdowns are over no uh Five million people can't fly. Hundreds of thousands of people lost their jobs because of vaccine mandates. And this church, who did nothing wrong except protect—see, they're not against—they just said, don't come during services. Um, They didn't obsessively police their congregation for compliance. They said, these are the rules. They're here. Follow them if you were gonna. But they didn't obsessively police the church. And they said, you can't come and barge in when we're worshipping for that. They're on trial three days this week, and I'll be covering that like it's the OJ trial. But it's and Jason Kenney could put a stop to this tomorrow, but he's not. He's wasting taxpayer resources on this through uh, prosecution. And he's doing his best to wring those fines out of this nice, friendly church the nicest people they had me in their home they're so nice it's it's just terrible that they have to deal with this
1: you know the lawlessness here and correct me if i'm wrong but in my opinion the second they that the court affirms these charges they need to go arrest the health inspector because it's section 1762 violation of the criminal code of canada and if they say that they're guilty of preventing them from accessing church during worship That's legal confirmation that they broke that the health inspector broke the law, the criminal code of Canada. It's ridiculous. And and it's so sickening to see that time and time again, without fail, if anyone out there thinks that the government in this country, whether it be provincial or federal is not discriminatory towards Christians, you are absolutely in a cult of denial because we, we yeah. literally went out to other denominations and they had massive gatherings that far surpassed what we saw in Pastor Arthur Pawlowski's church, let's say. No enforcement whatsoever. I literally saw cops parked in the parking lot of one of the churches. Uh, it, it wasn't actually a Christian church, but one of the places of worship. Um, while there were hundreds of people inside, a couple blocks away, five minute drive from Pastor Arthur Pawlowski's church where 50 people maybe gathered, no enforcement whatsoever. It's just all the way across Canada, time after time, the unifying factor for this targeted discrimination is they are attacking Christians. That is what this is about. And it's no longer deniable, it's no longer maybe, it's no longer, while they were just enforcing health measures. These people knowingly and actively went out and targeted a religious community in this country and it's insane. It is absolutely sickening that this is what this country has come to and it's entirely unforgivable. It absolutely must stop. And it needs to start with one of these cases. One of these politicians needs to have the cojones to step up. And I'm still hoping it might be Jason Kenney. I doubt it. But to say enough is enough. This is ridiculous. Take to the microphone and say 15 religious organizations were arrested or charged or targeted. 15 were Christian. We know for a fact other groups are doing this. The government has engaged in discrimination. All charges are being dropped. That's the only way that there can be a recovery from this. And it's the only way for the sake of those people's souls that they can do what is right, because this is targeted persecution on a level that hasn't been seen since the internment of the Japanese, honestly, during the world war. I, I can't think of a time in history where a group of people is so overtly targeted and imprisoned in Canada.
0: I think there's a particularly strong vindictiveness against Church and the Vine because Church and the Vine then went systematically about writing religious exemptions. Now, they interviewed the people they were writing religious exemptions for so that they continue to uh, attend their job or pursue their higher education. They did that because they thought that nobody should be, at the end of the day, for some of these people— persecuted for their faith and when you have to choose between your job or your faith that's a level of persecution and so i think Mm -hmm. because of that they are they are an additional target by the government because really what's the crime here what did tracy do what did this church do that will constitute a half a million dollars in fines and they really don't argue that they didn't stop the inspectors they just said we stopped the inspectors to prevent a wide scale charter breach of yeah. everybody in attendance at the church. So how could we not do that?
1: And I think it's mean, gonna I mean, be
0: this is a half a million dollars for inconveniencing an inspector.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah. what it is. And inconveniencing an, an, an inspector who was about an attempting to commit a crime, like yeah. literally interrupting worship in progress is a criminal code offense, um, punishable by fines, and I think imprisonment as well, actually. So they, they stopped someone from breaking the law and now they're facing these fines. And the entire basis of the judicial process is to prove that they indeed did stop someone from breaking the law. Um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's even hard to fathom that we've come to this so quickly and it speaks to a general anti-christian sentiment within the country it's manifest we've seen so many things become worse and manifest but looking even at this past weekend um a, a number of people i know mentioned to me that they were watching uh news outlets and they heard things like uh very blessed passover blessed ramadan and everyone enjoy the easter bunny yeah Hoppy no it's Easter. blessed blessed yeah happy <laughs> Easter that is, I mean this is this is a rant as old as time, but how it's, long ago is was it that people yeah, how <laughs> long ago was it that we were arguing and talking about well it's it's fine to say, Merry Christmas. Everyone was like, Oh, well, you're getting all wound up about nothing. Um, and, and, and Easter, oh, it's, it's just about the Easter bunny. Uh, we talked about appropriation Well, society has appropriated and misappropriated all Christian religious holidays. Um, uh, and, and it's, it's manifested that anti-Christian sentiment or the reappropriation of the belittling of Christianity that no one dares do. I saw people on Twitter who are relative moderates making zombie Jesus jokes. Um, I'm looking forward to the Ramadan and and and, uh, Passover jokes. Oh, no, those aren't going to come whatsoever because there's an underlying sentiment that's been permitted in this country that you have to be respectful of all religions, but you can bash Christians nonstop and you have to show no reverence for them in any way, shape, or form whatsoever because they are simply fair game. It's nothing new in history. It's been happening for 2,000 years. Um, We were told that it would happen in the scriptures as well, but it it is manifest so troublingly in these arrests, in this ongoing persecution that we're seeing presently. Um, And the man it certainly aren't over. Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, again, happy to be home, happy to be with his family, but under extremely strict house arrest, conditions that serious criminal offenders don't get. Church in the Vine being targeted simply for standing by their face, standing by their principles, when other denominations were not. They were just left alone. And, and it's troubling. Uh, Sheila, a question for you, if you don't mind. What, Where do you see this going? What's the end result of this trajectory? We're on and and how did we how did it get so bad?
0: It got to, well, you sort of alluded to it. I think um we this has always been, you know, we've gone from tossing Christians in with the lions to burning them at the stake to um any number of things, chasing them into the caves. Um, you know, Father Max Colby, you know, he Ended up in a concentration camp, traded his life for another prisoner. This is just, as you say, what we were promised. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this could happen to you. This is what we were promised. But as Christians, we know that in the end, God always wins. And so the trials and tribulations of Christians, that's part of the deal. That's the thing that we sign up to do. Um, And as Catholics, we know that there's benefit in suffering. Um, I just finished Lent, I didn't eat meat the whole time. Um, and so we know that our, our suffering is supposed to bring us closer to Christ and it's a, it's a powerful thing. Um, and it's an important thing in growing our faith. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, but it is, you know, it was the thing that we signed up to do, but in the end, God always wins.
1: Yeah that's the thing when you push Christians underground into caves, a couple of days later, the rock rolls away. So
0: uh, we'll, we'll be back. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, part of the, it's, it's frustrating for non-Christians because it, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. Right. And so often we do, we are the um, low hanging fruit. You know, you can make fun of Jesus and we're like, ah, you know what? probably gonna pray for that guy might have a bake sale if we get really radical um but we're not (laughs) (laughs) you know like we're not gonna react violently very rarely we react violently um to criticisms of our faith it's annoying uh we don't like it we're probably gonna whip out some apologetics on you but like that that's the worst we get up to and that's it's hardwired into the faith that we we turn the other cheek and and we love our enemy. Um and so for our enemies, it gives them license to continue to stomp all over us, but um as I said God always wins. Yeah.
1: That he does. <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay, we should get to some of these uh, chats because we have three minutes left in the show. And I still and I didn't even get to the thing that I wanted to talk about from Black Locks, where um, the climate lockdowns are obviously coming um, because I see the federal government is like, oh, we locked them down for two years and emissions dropped. So we dealt with this Mm -hmm. emergency with a lockdown and emissions dropped. So Guess what we're going to do. We're going to deal with the climate emergency that way, too, because that's the one where we really want the emissions to drop. And so we'll just we did this thing of controlling and we got this result. We did it under the guise of a virus, but let's do it for this other thing. And yeah, it's not good.
1: You and I, you and I, eight months ago, nine months ago, whatever. Said that they're that as soon as these lockdowns are over, we we said this was going to happen. I'm very yeah. <laughs> much looking forward to in five years or so, Kian throwing together a highlight reel of the 582 times that we said what was going to happen a year before it happened, then it happened every single time. Um, he's going to make us look outright prophetic. Cause this stuff is so self-evident and and so glaring. And until Justin Trudeau and his buddy, um his, his queen, so to speak, Jagmeet Singh and their reign of terror are over. Um this is gonna
0: continue. So yeah, do some chats. As my as my friend Kathy Shadel used to always say, we don't have a crystal ball. We have crystal brains, and these people are highly predictable, highly predictable. You don't have to be all that smart to see this stuff coming down the pipe at you. Okay, let's get to some of these chats because we're well over. Uh, We've got five bucks from Fraser. That's Fraser McBurney, a Hamilton fight the fines recidivist. Uh, Don't forget the Canadian Bill of Rights, 1960, John Diefenbaker. The Canadian Bill of Rights was the country's first federal law to protect human rights and fundamental freedoms. The Bill of Rights was passed in the House of Commons in 1960. That is true. And uh, it also gave our uh, Indigenous peoples uh, the franchise. Um, A Western-based conservative prime minister led the charge for uh, full rights for Canada's Indigenous people. So I don't know where these liberals get off thinking that they are the white saviors of Canada's Indigenous people. They're the ones uh, behind the residential schools um, the last residential school was administered under the liberal government uh, by Jean Chrétien, who was Indian affairs minister at the time, and he's still alive. So why aren't people bashing down his door? Uh, don't do not do that quite seriously. But why aren't they accosting him um, and sticking a microphone in his face saying, hey, what do you have to say about this? No, it's the church. It's conservatives it's whatever but the guy behind the last residential school he's still alive go ask him some questions
1: or or the son of the guy who ran them extensively and still can't provide clean drinking water despite literally using them as tokens to campaign repeatedly all the time um, but then does nothing for them yeah
0: anyways that's why i think the liberals should be very scared about what happened in edmonton with chief um billy morin very very worried very worried. Yep. He's very popular, very charismatic. And he looks at Edmonton. I love Chief Billy because he looks at Edmonton and he's like, oh, what's their property tax rate at? What's your business tax rate at? Oh, Enoch, which butts up against the city. We're going to be just a little bit lower. And so hmm. he's snagging all these businesses yeah. to his industrial park. And I think it's just brilliant. Do it yeah. better. I,
1: yeah. Unlike, unlike all these sort of white savior, uh, academics and, uh, Twitter pundits and, uh, politicians who've probably never been out to talk to these people on their reserve, the sentiment generally, is very anti-government they don't trust the government and they want yeah. less government and they're overtly critical of justin trudeau they literally the, the trudeau government parades out the same two or three people in very racist fashion as their sort of indigenous tokens and there's no yeah. way representative of the indigenous uh, bulk of the population who unlike these antifa people who call me uh, racist or whatever i've actually been out there and talked to them and visited them and we did the church replacement thing um so i've actually talked to these people and they're uh, they're not happy with this government
0: yeah i mean i'm pretty sure residential schools you know was a, a lot motivated by the government knowing what you should do within your own family and then taking yeah. control of that um You know, it's it's hard to say on one hand that you're against the mentality that led to a residential school, but then you're pro the government telling you um, what values you can teach your kids and whether or not you can see your grandparents and what church you should go to and how you should believe. I'm pretty sure those are probably like the same problem, (laughs) you know, but whatever Um, boozy 69 gives us five bucks rebel news. Your coverage of the Freedom Convoy has been tremendous. Thank you. Um, my daughter was uh, in Florida over the weekend, and she met some dads that were there. Um, uh, she's at a sporting event, and she met some dads there who had seen our coverage, and and yeah. she didn't like say like, oh my, like that's my mom, but um, <laughs> they were. <laughs> she, I don't know, maybe I, I wouldn't say she's like embarrassed, but she's a teenager, right? She doesn't want, yeah, she doesn't care about what i do for a living or whatever but they're like she was talking to some dads who were there and they were talking about like rebel news coverage from the freedom convoy yeah. from ottawa and from coots um yeah. that was in florida it was in tampa so oh, yeah. yeah good job to john us, brown from fox
1: way. said he was he was in a bar in i think washington or seattle or something with the, the Save archer shirt that i took the picture for and people came <laughs> up and started talking about archer and rebel news and yeah everything yeah. right away they didn't know who he was but right away they knew the Sorry, and started talking about it so yeah yeah it's international
0: yeah yep. someone's and got to do the, the meeting. yeah well and the trudeau government says we're not real journalists but uh, could say, you we, tell we, me we, one story that cbc would have covered that they would know about in florida that some dads in florida would be talking about yeah
1: <laughs> sure we, we must do a <laughs> lot of content because if only one percent of what we know what we do is news that's but there's a lot of it, must be really good because we're really, we're, we have a big viewership internationally and everyone seems to know our coverage on this. So it must be a really good 1%. Or maybe, maybe they're wrong with their numbers, maybe. Uh,
0: JPH 1944 gives us a buck. Where are your store items made? China, Bangladesh, or Canada? You know what? I wish I knew that. Adam, are you, yeah, do you no. have one of our shirts around there? I wish I knew. I don't Generally, we try our best to source in Canada. I'm sure Adam's got a shirt there. He's going to check for you. Uh, Keep going, Fraser McBurney gives us five bucks. Sunday, we held our small protest against the emergency mandates. Bill 100 forbids protests. So we're going to hold an education rally. It's not a protest. Um, We should become a little bit more engaged on Bill 100 in Ontario, by the way. Uh, And Fraser uh, gives us another five bucks and says, When I'm out shopping, This is the crazy thing I do. I'm a chatty person. So when I chat with a mom or grandmother, I buy a small bouquet of yellow roses. And when we exit the store, I give them to her and say the yellow rose of Texas. We laugh and it brightens the day. Oh, that's very nice, Fraser. That's very kind. Did you uh, find your shirt?
1: I'm back. So uh, they, so it's from the company Gildan. Most of the shirts we use, which are non sweatshop, so that's definitely yeah. uh, something that's addressed from that company. Um, they're, they're actually different depending where they bring them in, but I, I know uh, some of them are imported from Mexico. Uh, but I think there's different locations. But I know Gildan is one of those companies that uh, has a strong anti sweatshop policy. Um, and then as far as yeah. where they're pressed, I don't know that off the top of my head, but uh, yeah,
0: we do actively. Try to source things closer to yeah. home if we can. Um, for sure. And it's it it's a it's a tough balance because of supply chain issues and things like that. But um, we mm-hmm. do, and Gildan is obviously not a sweatshop, so that's important to us. Yeah. We don't want to participate for, in human slavery.
1: For people out there, the other thing with our shirts, I'm a total like snob for shirts. I'm really picky with shirts. Um, they are like a good quality material. They're a nice cut. The 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 female cuts, women's cuts are are good as well. But they actually if you're if you're worried about quality, they are sort of the better spun uh quality shirts and they do last and the 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 iron on I wash them inside out. It stays on really well. But uh, yeah I'm I'm a total I don't I'm take picky care of with them shirts. At all.
0: I don't take care of yeah. it at all. Like if I can't throw it in with my coveralls, then I'm probably not going to buy it. And yeah. it the, everything washes up fine. Like I yeah. never flip yeah. my shirts inside out and um, yeah. uh, the logo stays on. It's not peeling. It's fine, fine. And, and they keep their yeah. shape, you know? Yeah, yep. yeah, they're good. Revelnewsstore.com. Yeah, com And uh, it's buy one, get one 25% off. That's the entire store, by the way. Um, yeah. so get something for yourself, but also get something for mom or grandma or mom and baby or mom and little ones, whatever. Um, I, it's a great way to support the work that we do. So, you know, like uh, thank us <laughs> for advocating for your mom. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Thank the moms at the company like me, yeah. in a, a, a shirt and, uh, you get a little something for yourself. So I think that's great. Yeah. And again, the coupon code is mom 25. And I think we're all caught up, Adam, I think. Um, yeah, that's everything. I am back in the chair tomorrow. Maybe not, though, because I might be in court with Church in the Vine. Um, but it sh- I think it's David and me or David or somebody else tomorrow. Um, Adam, thanks so much for uh, being my co-pilot on the show today. I appreciate that.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: And thank you to everybody who tuned in today. Thank you to everybody in the office in Toronto, including the people that you don't often see or hear us thanking, uh, like the web team. They make sure that you have all the relevant links to be able to watch the things that we do. Um, So thank you to them. And thank you to everybody who pitched in to keep the lights on. Um, We couldn't do any of this without you. We know that you work hard for your money and, um, You make the choice to support us, and we appreciate that. Um, We we realize you have a lot of choices out there and inflationary pressures, as it were. So thank you for that. Um, We'll see everybody back here. So you'll see one of us, somebody. We'll be here tomorrow. I just might not be me. Um, And as David Menzies always says, stay sane.
1: I just want to say that I have had my three shots, and I'm a big supporter of vaccines. I got the vaccine as soon as I could. But I also know people who didn't want the vaccine or that are unvaccinated. And I think that the fact that these people are banned from flying inside Canada, when, um, you know, with the different variants, it has shown that the vaccine works more to, re- like, reduce the severity of the illness rather than transmission. I don't think that's something that is, is very fair. I think if you're going to have a mandate in place, you have to have alternatives such as testing. And for me, it just makes me really uncomfortable to think that certain Canadians are are banned from simple aspects of public life just because they made a different medical decision. I just want to say that I have...